Welcome to Rookie Designer. My name is Jake Van Ness from Graphic Precision, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl, from Holy Carp Design. How you doing, Carl? I'm going insane. <laughs> Having that kind of week? Yes, absolutely. It sounds like it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, it's just been uh, picking up a little too much. Uh, too quick turnaround projects, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that happens to all of us. Believe me, I've been there. I'm kind of in a waiting period with a bunch of jobs, so kind of go into the weekend to relax a little bit, which is nice. But I do have some side projects and stuff like this podcast that I'm going to work on. So it's it's good you're busy. That's definitely a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Now I just want to get beyond this this hall, basically, this hump. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump right into design news. And I've actually got a couple different things we're going to talk about. The first thing is Adobe has a set of apps that they have put out that are called Spark. And there's a Spark photo, Spark video, and a Spark page. They're basically apps to easily make content for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even a single page website, things like that. It's a really easy way to edit it on a mobile app. Well, the really cool news that they just came out with at the beginning of this month is Adobe is launching Spark Premium, or sorry, Spark with Premium features for every student free of charge. And this is students from kindergarten to 12th grade, which in the U.S., that's high school basically it's grade school through high school and then higher education which is obviously university for people overseas and it's going to be free of charge typically it's 120 dollars a year to be able to use spark for education so that's what they're going to call it is spark for education it'll be free the best thing about it is that Kids can use it for all kinds of different things. Like they show a couple examples on their website. Pretty cool. One kid used one to make, I think it was probably um, Adobe Spark post to make a cover for his book report. Another kid had a presentation and had done that with Spark. So it's kind of neat to see how some of these students were using it. The idea is from what Adobe's saying, and I'll read this actually right off of their press release, Adobe's research has shown that jobs in the future will demand both creativity and creative problem-solving skills, two different capabilities that 97% of educators recognize as being essential for students to learn in school. However, the research also shows that the biggest barriers educators currently face to teach these skills are the lack of access to necessary tools and technologies. So what Adobe's doing is they're providing these tools and the technology to help teach these kids creativity and creative problem solving. It's really cool that they're, they're able to do that. The other thing that I thought was really cool, because we all know compliance with schools and stuff like that is really important, these licenses can be deployed by K-12 schools in a way that consists with data privacy laws, including COPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. So that's really important that they've thought about that and they've thought about how to, to do this in a way that's going to work really well with the school system. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this. 
Now, you and I both know that there's two sides to this. There's the evil empire side where Adobe is like, we want these people in our ecosystem using our tools, knowing how to do it. Then there's the really nice angel side of it where it's like they're giving this technology away for free to help teach these kids. So they're a business. We know that. And, and it's obvious what they're doing, but it's cool that they're doing it in a way that's going to help these kids gain some really cool skills. And we all know that education is really hurting when it comes to funds and to having the tools to really teach kids correctly. So I think that's really, really cool that they're doing this. Um, we'll actually go into more about what Spark is, because I know you were talking to me before the show that you're not a Spark user. You don't really understand what it is yet. So right. I think maybe in a later podcast, we'll go into what Spark is specifically for anybody else out there that hasn't used the tools. Now, Spark is included in our Creative Cloud subscription, right? Correct. Now, there is a paid level, and I got to look into exactly how that works, because there is a Spark logo that can show up on some of your posts. There's a way to get rid of that and make it branded to your business. I believe you have to pay for that level. But I'll look into that before we do the show on it so I can make sure that I give that information correctly. I just know that I've seen some of my stuff when I do it. Because I do it a lot for Instagram and, and for uh, for Facebook and for Twitter. I use it quite a bit because it's an easy way for me to throw a quote together or for me to put like information out about the podcast really quickly. But I've seen sometimes it'll have the Spark logo on there. Sometimes it doesn't. So I'm not really sure what institutes that. i got to look into that. Um, the other bit of news that I want to share, and, and by the way, I'm going to have links to the press release and to this other news item in the show notes. You can find the show notes at rookiedesigner.com slash rd159. So that's where you'll be able to find the show notes. So the other bit of news, which I personally found kind of amusing, and I'll explain why in a minute. Apple has proposed nine new accessibility emojis. Now, what does this mean? This literally means that they're coming out with emojis that are specifically created to represent people with disabilities. Now, the reason I find this amusing, because it's important that I explain that, it's not amusing because I think it's hilarious. It's amusing because I'm actually hearing impaired. One of the things that they're coming out with is literally an ear with a hearing aid. I think that is great i think it's awesome but i think it's hilarious at the same time so some of the other ones that they're coming out with are guide dog with a harness mechanical or prosthetic arm person in a manual wheelchair a person in a mechanized wheelchair the deaf sign which i also think is going to be fun to use personally a person with a cane and a prosthetic leg now Apple has put these together to, and they have sent a letter to the Unicode consortium to add these into the Unicode. And so their hope is by 2019, when it looks like Emoji 12 is supposed to be coming out, that they'll have these included. And their idea is that this is just seven ideas. They want to see other ones put in as well. And of course, as we've seen with the emojis, they're doing skin tones, they're doing male and female, so they're doing all these different parts of it as well. So all of these will be represented in different skin tones and, and male and female. So, But I just thought it was great that 
they're going out of their way to make sure that they come up with these new emojis for people with disabilities. It's great that they're doing that to represent these people. And I will definitely be using the hearing aid one, and I will definitely be using the, the deaf sign one, and probably using it to mess with people. So what you're telling me is after having advanced beyond hieroglyphs and pictographs, having written language, we are embracing further the full circle of more pictographs and animated. Um, Absolutely. All right, Come just on, one check. Come on, we can have emojis that look like talking birds and everything else now, thanks to Apple's facial recognition yeah, software. Yeah, and you know that also brought us the emoji movie. Well, it did, and it also brought me the the poop emoji that talks. So, come on, of All course right, yeah. we're going back in that direction. All right, so <laughs> we've shared that stuff. Let's go into our main topic today. What is our main topic? We are talking about um, creative block because that happens a lot. Yes, it is. It's basically it's the same idea as writer's block. Yes. So it's when you're working on a project, you're sitting there and it just isn't coming to you. It just, no matter what you try to do, you're basically banging your head against the desk. And you can't get past that point. What do you do when you get to that point? And do you have an example, a general example of when that's happened to you? Um, so for me, I, I sometimes get a block in the morning where I just can't get started on something. I just I can't bring myself to sit down and get going on a project because I either don't know the best way to attack, tackle it, to do it the most effective way but the highest quality or i just ha am out of ideas so um often oftentimes i'll actually talk to other creatives like you and um our friends over at the art owls just to kind of get other people at the table to talk about the project or the process um other times i'll i'll ignore it and move on to another thing just until until I uh, you know something will come to me, I I don't turn to drugs or alcohol or any other substance abuse for creativity. I don't recommend that's that. Good. <laughs> that's good that you don't. Now hold on, do you turn to caffeine though? Always, twice right. a day. That's good. Yes. You're not a creative if you don't. <laughs> no, no. Um, and I don't try and uh, stay up long enough that I start hallucinating some lucid <laughs> dreams, you know? Yeah. Even though that can make some really interesting creative. But honestly, I, I actually will go uh, to the bookstore and I'll just browse all different sections. You know, sci-fi and fantasy is a great way to kind of get that extra thinking out there. Uh, browse the magazine rack. Look at magazines that have nothing to do with anything you're interested in, like... Um, you know, quilting or, you know, uh, anything really. Uh, cause there, there, there's a designer behind most of those magazines and they all have different ideas and you can just kind of absorb, um, what they've done and, you know, see if it repurpose it for your, your own project. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think me personally, and it actually just happened to me earlier this week, I was working on a graphic for a van and 
I, I did a bunch of concepts for them, sent them to the client. Client wanted something a little bit less simplistic and wanted me to add to it. So I sat down, I did a design, came out what I thought was really good, said, okay, I want to send them another concept just to give them some other variety. Two hours later, I had nothing. I could not, for the life of me, no matter how much I tried to brainstorm, no matter how much I tried to look around at other designs, it just nothing. Now, typically, if you promise a client a certain number of concepts, you're not going to be able to turn around and be like, hey, you get one. That's all I could come up with. Sorry. <laughs> but in this case, he wasn't expecting more than one concept. He was just looking for me to build on what I had already done. So I cut my losses and I sent it to him. I text you. I was extremely frustrated. I was like, this is ridiculous. I should have been able to come up with something better. And he, the client emailed me back literally in minutes and was like, this is exactly what we were looking for. This is perfect. And then I sit there and go, I just wasted two hours trying to come up with another concept. Never did it. And so thinking back on that, and that's kind of where the, the topic came from. Thinking back on that, I realized that I should have taken a deep breath, walked away from that project, like you said, move on to a different project, do something different, and then come back to it. What I was concerned about is he wanted those concepts by the end of the day. That was my fault for leaving it so close to the deadline, which that's why I would say, you want to give yourself creative block or, or design block? Wait till a couple hours before the deadline to start a project and you'll be banging your head against the desk before you know it. So that's my number one tip is do not wait to the last minute to work on your projects. Even though this wasn't really that, he just, I was trying to turn it around quickly. But don't do that to yourself. I agree with you. So, go ahead. Otherwise, you'll be issuing a refund. Yeah, absolutely. That that's You got to be careful with that. You don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. It's the other way around. You want to over-deliver and under-promise. You never want to do it the wrong way. I'll tell you right now, um, sometimes you can't help but have creative block because you don't have enough input from your client. They're not enough invested in what they're doing to actually um, consider options. I had one client who wanted a logo that was a character, and so I, I went through it with her. I talked through the whole process, and I said, you should really go with an icon. She's like, no, I want something that'll be a mascot. So I hired an illustrator and we came up with a cute little mascot that's never going to see the light of day. <laughs> this person had a grandiose vision, an idea of colors, and we used all that. And, and here we are two years later and her, her, uh, her grand idea is still just this one small website that sells five products. And that's not the vision that she had spoken to me. Um, and I felt bad because I'm, I, I kind of feel like I failed her in inquiring enough to know and guide her through the process. I had block uh, in that one, definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. The book that I'm reading right now talks about creative strategy. And I'll go into that book once I'm done with it. I'm almost done with it. But what I was thinking about 
in regards to that is even if you come up with a creative strategy and then you get to the point where you're starting to work on the actual creative part and you get blocked, take a step back and look back at your creative strategy. You may need to work on that more. So you may need to go back to the client and say, okay, we had that initial information. I need more. But be specific with what you're asking when you go back. Like find ways to really pull some more information out of that client because we both know clients sometimes have an idea in their head and they have no way to verbalize that and they're not a creative so they don't really have any way to do it visually otherwise they do it themselves they they have trouble communicating that so you have to learn ways that you can ask specific questions you can pull information based on what they're saying you may be able to pull ideas from that and it's interesting because this book talks about how to be a creative in a business environment meaning dealing with executives that are numbers 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 and selling 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 and aren't creatives and how they talk and how to translate that to a creative or into the creative space to say okay this equals this and so i'll, I'll again i'll go more into that book when i do a review of it but that really made me think that sometimes you do have to take a step back and say, okay, maybe like you said, the reason I have, I have creative block or design block is because I don't have enough information or I don't have a strategy built out enough to make it work. So I, I agree with you. I think one of the things that I've done as well is you kind of step away from the environment, get away from your desk, get away from your computer go to the library, go to the coffee shop, go to the bookstore, not to work, but to browse and kind of just get out of that stress level and, and try to bring yourself back to, okay, let's start thinking about it a little bit less and see if something happens. I've had it where I've worked on a project, got creative block, worked on it for like an hour, cannot get anywhere with it, shut it down, open up the next morning and boom, it's there. Like, it just happens. And, 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 of course, you sit there and go, where the hell was that yesterday? But that's what happens. And if you try to fight, the worst thing you can do is try to fight it, to try to force it through. Because, one, your work will suffer. Two, you will suffer because you'll be so stressed out about it. So I think, yeah, taking a step back. Now, structuring your day is really important in keeping that stress level down. The lower your stress, the better your creativity. Keep things structured, but again, don't wait till deadlines. Give yourself some padding. If something's due on Monday, don't wait till Friday to work on it. Work on it two or three days before that and say, okay, if I do run into a problem, now I've got a day I could take a step back and say, I need to reconsider what I'm doing. I need to look at the strategy again. I need to talk to the client again. You don't want to be going to the client the night before it's due and saying, oh, by the way, I have some more questions for you. So one of the things I'm about to suggest is going to sound sacrilegious, but it works in the field that I'm working with in within the leadership training industry. But maybe it's just my own process, too, and you'll have to find your own process. But I also do work sessions with my client, especially because they are the designers of the content. I sit down and I'll work with them 
whether it's through WebEx or Zoom or some other type of meeting, and I'm sharing my screen and we're going through a creative process and I at least collect enough notes or enough input to um, go forward on my own. And we'll meet for an hour, maybe two hours at most, um, just to kind of do a review, gain some ideas, and then apply it universally. So one of these PowerPoint decks that I just created we started doing these hand-drawn elements, and this was lifted right from the content that we were actually, um, he, he was teaching to the clients. And this has become basically one of the anchoring elements of the whole brand. And it was it's similar to that book, Show and Tell, I recommended a couple weeks ago. It's based off some of those ideas of being, um, I'm representing my brand by having that collaborative design process with my clients. That's my brand. And then also kind of telling the story through sketches, through images, and through conversations. Um, so I found my method for that specific niche of clients. For other clients, I don't want to have creative sessions with them. It just, it would be too laborious, laborious, um, you know, I'll, whatever, make up a few words. It'll be too much of that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's interesting that you do that. I mean, I know, like you said, it might be sacrilegious to some people to be like, I don't want somebody standing over me. It's all working. billable hours. <laughs> yes, yes. There is a way to think about it, yes. But that that is true that sometimes making more of an effort to work directly with a client can help that process along. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um. They feel like they own it more because they helped create it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's like you said, if it's comfortable and it works, it's a good process. You may find that that doesn't work for you. You may try to do that, and a client might totally destroy the project, or you might get frustrated with their suggestions. You have to be really careful with that, and you also have to be very open in that situation to the criticism, which is part of being a creative. I'm trying to think what else I've done. I'll be honest with you, it's, it's little things like talking to somebody else, like you said earlier, like talking to some other creatives or getting completely out of the creative space and calling my buddy that's a landscaper and saying, hey, let's meet for lunch. And just getting out of the element of what's got you blocked. Working in a different space, not just going to a coffee shop to escape, but to say, okay, I'm at my office and that there's a block there in my office. So how about I just pick up my laptop and I go work somewhere else, go work in the park outside, go work in a coffee shop, go call a friend and say, Hey, can I just come over to your place and work there to get out of the area that's got you blocked? Cause you may find as soon as you get in the car and start driving, your brain may say, Oh, okay, here's an idea. It's it's getting away from what's got you blocked. And again, the absolute worst thing you can do is try to force your way through it. It just it's gonna cause you no end of grief if you try to do that. So I think the biggest thing is give yourself enough time. If you need to take a break, take it and find a process that works for you so that when something like that happens, you know what to do. And don't feel bad when it happens. It happens to all of us. It happens to every designer. It, that's why it's such a well-known term as design creative block. 
it's it happens to everybody. Okay, let's go into this week's rookie recommendations. What's your recommendation this week? You know, um, I saw this thing happening in Boston, and I live about 12 miles north. It's the How Design Live conference at the Heinz Convention Center. Uh, we're nine days out. Uh, probably be less by the time you hear this. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm working for myself. This sounds like a great idea. Then I check out the prices. Holy <laughs> cannoli. Wow. Yeah, conferences are not cheap. And yet, there was an option. So uh, if you book by a certain date, they're going to say you save $300, and then you use this code, you save another 200 So obviously they've inflated the cost, and they think too highly of the show, uh, or, <laughs> or whoever is throwing the show, because that's a huge discount. But that being said, I still couldn't afford it. If they're shaving that much off, it's still going to be expensive. But they do have an option called the Exhibitor Hall Pass, and that option is $25. And that's why I want to go. I want to meet the people in the exhibitor space because a lot of them are going to be tied to leadership training companies. That's my niche. So if I go and meet someone from Adobe and I talk to them about the work I've done for Adobe under another name, then uh, I may be able to have an in with that as a new client, you know, because everyone's going through these executive training sessions. So I'm hoping to go to talk to the people at the trade shows, uh, find some new inspiration for design to lose that creative block in some areas, and also to, um, you know, uh, see the sites. And maybe next year or next time they're in Boston, I'll drop that money. Yeah, at, conferences are expensive. There's no question. And it is tough for a solopreneur to put that kind of money out there. But that's awesome that you found a way to still go to the conference, get involved. And yeah, the exhibitor floor is always fun. No matter what conference I've ever been to, those are some of the best conversations I've had is with some of those exhibitors because you can find out about new software, you can find out about new books, new authors, and, and you get to meet all kinds of different people. So it's that's an awesome thing you're going to get to do. I look forward to hearing what what your experience is like with that and what you come out of that with. I just want some of the swag. <laughs> I, I see your hustle cloud and I'm like, I want something like that. Oh yeah. There's, there's all kinds of stuff behind me as well as a mess. Still haven't cleaned my office. Hence why we're not on video. Yeah, exactly. All right. So my recommendation this week is the Adobe create magazine. This is an online and app magazine that they put out once a month and really all it is is it's just really cool creative projects it's tutorials it's some interviews with certain artists and stuff it's just a really cool creative magazine and see like they've got stuff running right now with object or found object font which it literally looks like a bunch of objects somebody found and created a font out of all of these different objects. So it's really cool things like that. And it's just a fun email that I get once a month that I'll open real quick when I got a few minutes and just browse through some of the articles. It's not a real thick magazine in the sense that there's only a few articles. It's nothing crazy, but it's it's fun. And it's, it's a kind of a cool way. So it covers 
graphic design, illustration, motion graphics, photography, and a bunch of other stuff. Again, obviously, it's it's Adobe's way of pushing their products and pushing how people use their products. But it's cool to see. It's it's inspirational. Like you said, it could get you outside of that that block as well when you look at other people's work and talk to other designers about their works or reading articles about stuff they've done can really inspire you to figure out a different way to approach a project. How much is it? It is free. Oh. Cheaper than $25. So, yeah, it's free. You just got to sign up. And they actually have an app, too, that you can get it on your tablet and be able to read it that way. I just have it come to my email, and I just open up the, the website from there. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you guys could check that out. So did you have anything else this week? Um, other than a boatload of stuff I'm working on, uh, I'll be in a better headspace next week. Hopefully we can talk a little more about the conference that you went to and, you know, it'll be yeah. a few days before the one that I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll talk about conferences in general, why they're good, why they're expensive, and like talk some more about how you can find deals and what you could do with that. So yeah, we'll, we'll cover that next week. So if you want to find rookie designer, you can find us online at rookiedesigner.com. Again, the show notes for this episode are rookiedesigner.com slash RD one fifty nine for any of the show notes. It's basically RD and then the show number. So that's where you can find the show notes, and we'll have links to the news news items that we talked about and the recommendations we talk about. And if you want to find us on social, you can find us on Facebook at Rookie Designer. You can find us on Twitter at Rookie Designer. And you can find us on Anchor as well under Rookie Designer, as well as any of the other podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, uh, Overcast, Stitcher, are just a few. We're all over the place, so you can find us. Also, if you could do us a huge favor and give us a review on iTunes, that helps people find out about the show and also lets people know what you think about what we're doing. So if you get over to iTunes to give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. And remember, guys, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. <laughs>